Welcome back to another episode of the Football Fiends Podcast. We're here after an interesting wildcard weekend. Definitely a lot to break down. Definitely a lot we were right and definitely a lot we were wrong about. And a lot of, again, it's like a theme of football where there really wasn't a ton of great games. We had a great Rams-Detroit game, which we'll break down. Um, but I have JP here with me. JP, I know you feel a little bit differently about how the weekend went as a little bit of a biased fan of the New York Giants. Um, so just what are your thoughts about Wildcard Weekend this year? It was fantastic. <laughs> Even though the games weren't that good, the results were enough to uh, make you happy? I thought the games were good enough to make me very happy. Uh, Even the games that were kind of boring, I enjoyed. Yeah, we'll get into it all. Um, the first game being uh, Cleveland and Houston on Saturday afternoon. This is definitely uh, a game we are very, very wrong about. We came in uh, with very high hopes for the Brownies, and I had some really high hopes for Mr. Flacco, and I was struck right in the face of sadness right away on wildcard weekend. Uh, again, I made this clear probably to the podcast and to you that like I just I just didn't know how to feel about any of this because, again, the Browns, big rival, Flacco, one of my favorite players in any sport ever. I really wanted him to succeed, but the fear and eventual potential matchup and playing Joe Flacco in the divisional round was just looming over my head, and I didn't want any part of it. And as things turned out, if they did win this game, we would have had to play him. And we'll get into the Texans, and they uh, they are a very scary team in their own right. I'm not going to underestimate them at all. But, God, I'm just so happy you don't have to play him. I just wish it didn't go like that for Joe. I was so upset about that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think the, It was ugly. It, it was ugly. It was like a comeback with insanity run where, like, he just, like, popped off. And out of all teams that, like, his downfall was going to happen against, the Texans were not on my bingo card. No. Um, also, I had, like, the two pick sixes. That wasn't... I'm like back to back drive. I had to watch this from a hibachi restaurant oh. on my phone, and I, I, that happened. I'm like, oh no! Like I didn't know if you were happy or sad. I don't know. I still don't know. It's a week later almost, and I don't know if I'm happy or I was, sad. I was gonna text you, but like I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just it's tough because you know there was part of me. It's like okay, if the Ravens don't win, I want the Browns to go as far as possible because. It would just be cool to see Joe make one last run, and you never know when he's going to have this opportunity again. But I can't stress enough, I've already said it, how scared I was of them and how I did not want to play them. So them getting out, and to me, to me honestly, thinking they're one of our biggest threats to advance isn't the end of the world. I'm not too upset about it. Um, I guess the question is just, like, how badly they got beaten up by this Houston team is how good is Houston? Because, I mean, we... Gave him some props coming in. CJ Stroud looked awesome. Nico Collins just runs wild out there. How good is their offense, do you think? Or do you think this is a case of the Browns' defense just not being good on the road all year for whatever reason, really only being good at home? Uh, I think it's a mixture of just, like, them not being great on the road, especially with, like, the high pressure that playoffs brings. Um, As well as this was, I think, like, you know, everyone – thinks he's going to win the offensive rookie of the year. I think it should be either him. I think, personally, Puka should get it. But, like, C.J. Stroud, in his playoff debut, went off. Like, three first-half touchdown passes. Like, that man was on point. And, you know, just, it's great football. And if I were you, I'd be kind of scared. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not not scared. I just, there's less pressure, if that makes sense. It's like, it just you just can't lose the Flacco. You couldn't lose the Flacco. It was not the storyline would have been yeah. too too much. Like yeah, you can't lose this game either. As like it's what's going to be a ten point favorite. Like you can't lose it either. But like there's no added extra element of like not only did you lose, but you lost to a quarterback who you had like eight years ago. Like <laughs> so, I agree. We'll get into that a little bit later on. The Texans are definitely scary. Uh, but before we move on, why don't we in good spirits just you know let's rank rank some quarterbacks. Uh, Joe Flacco was 34 of 46 for 307 yards, a touchdown, and two picks, which were both pick sixes, and he, like, kind of lost the game for them. <laughs> like, he, like, let's be honest, he, like, kind of lost the game for them. Uh, I think it almost has to be terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it's sad. If there were two picks that, like, didn't 
the result in pick sixes may be just yeah. bad, but like two pick sixes, like terrible. I mean, people were t- saying that maybe Joe Flacco was just a sleeper agent for the Ravens this whole time. Just goes in, gets their hopes up, leads them to the playoffs. He's like, all right, it's the Ravens' time now. Bows down and just like <laughs> eliminates himself. He's like, you guys are good. Have fun, Texans. I'm hoping that's part of it. Um, but yeah, it was it was ugly. Uh, Stroud was 16 of 21 for 274, three touchdowns, no picks, and great. I think a perfect passer rating. Yeah, it, almost. Yeah, it was very, very. That's it's very great. Boring. All right, our next game on Saturday night was Kansas City, Miami, in the freezing cold. Which I can't stress enough how much like I really like to watch these like strange weather games, whether it's like 80 mile an hour winds or negative 50 degrees or just, like, pouring rain or blizzards. Like, I just like watching other people in pain. It's, like, really makes for interesting football. Um, And that being said, I mean, I don't think the Chiefs are really affected by this cold, but Noodle Arm Tua didn't know how to throw a ball. They got absolutely destroyed. Uh, There's a lot of questions, I feel like, uh, about Tua now and what he's able to do. Um, They had that one long touchdown to Tyreek, but these Dolphins were very, very uninspiring. Yeah, they just look so lost, especially in, like, the cold. They're not – I said this a lot last week. Like, they're not used to the cold. I think that's really going to affect them, and I, I think it did. Tua's record is just awful. In, like, I think it was, what, 0-5 in less than 40 degrees? Well, what about – let's try negative 20. Yeah. Like, like, it's crazy. I didn't know it was that bad. Um, but now I think it's crazy, too, because now people are saying, like, is Tua the guy? Yeah. Which is, like, if you asked, like, a year ago, although – take away those concussion issues like last year like he was like amazing like stats wise this year he was pretty good but like down the stretch just like you know people are now questioning like if he's the answer for like mcdaniel's offense yeah that's going to be a little bit of a theme i think throughout this pod is a lot of people are saying that about a lot of quarterbacks and coaches um me personally i know again i've made it pretty clear i'm pretty two and on on this pod and in general um i don't think you can necessarily be like, all right, this game in negative 20 degrees, like, we're, this is it. Like, you're done to it. Like, you're out. Like, you're cut. Like, yeah, it was bad. It was ugly. And the stats back it up. Like, he's really only good at home or in nice weather or whatever. But there's been quarterbacks like that before. Like, there's even stats on Jared Goff where, like, if he doesn't, doesn't play in a dome, he's not that good. Like, I get it. It's not ideal. You don't want it. But I don't think it's a performance where – you go, okay, like, that's completely it. We have to move on from a guy like Tua. Um, again, I'm basing this a little bit off of the weather. If he just went out in, like, a normal game and, sh- like, shit the bed like he did in this game, and, you know, he he wasn't even, like, throwing the ball downfield. It was just checkdowns after checkdowns. It was really ugly. But I just don't think they were prepared. I think they were really banged up. I just think it was a tough spot overall. The Chiefs defense also looked pretty decent. Yeah, and they had I a mean, good Tua, defense. Tua, it was a good mix of Tua not – being in his element and the Chiefs defense kind of just like stepping up. Yeah, then um, him not being able to throw. Like right. it just sucks, but that's just how it works. I don't know. It was not an easy spot. I just, again, it could be wrong. It could be it. Like it could be not the quarterback, not the guy. But I just, I don't think it's fair on this one first playoff game of his career, which was negative 20 degree weather, to just completely rule him out. I mean, he wasn't on the t- or he didn't play last year, um, and this was again his first playoff game. So I just I don't I think he deserves one more chance, whereas some other people might not. Right. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit it's, later. It's an interesting spot too, though, because he he has only one more year on his contract. I think they took his fifth year option. So after next season, they they'll have to decide before then, like, do they keep him long term? Do they franchise tag him? Maybe. So he has, so he has one more year on his deal next year. Yeah, so maybe, he, maybe it's like one of those very, very rare scenarios where you just like legit let it play out, <laughs> like and just see how he does next year. Like I, I mean, at the, at the least of it, like you just franchise tag. Exactly. You don't know what like, you like the do. Ravens are up doing tomorrow. Like it's not unheard of. Like right, and like he's like good, but he's not like Lamar, where like he could go out and like you know demand top tier money. Like the the Dolphins will kind of have more leverage against him. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs side, Taylor Swift showed up in the in the cold weather, which uh... she looked so goofy. In that box. <laughs> yeah, she did with the uh the crowd. Sur- what was it called? The uh the swag surfing. Did you see those videos? She yeah, like, that just hurt so... me physically. <laughs> it, it, I was dying. It was so fucking funny. So corny. Um, but uh, you know, like we talked about the weather and all the issues, the Chiefs 
um, had their offensive issues throughout this course of the season, but they, you know, they looked right. They looked like the Chiefs in this game. You know, it didn't look perfect, and then you could chalk some stuff up to the weather. Uh, but I definitely am a little bit more concerned about the Chiefs than I may have been a week ago. Pat Mahomes looked good. Pacheco looked dominant on the ground like we projected. That was one of our big predictions, and that was accurate. I mean, they were just handing it off, and he was a freight train. He had 24 attempts, which is, like, so much. Yeah, and Rasheed Rice, who we keep touting, was awesome. Rasheed Rice. Yeah, it's, I, I don't get how people are, like, not underestimating this Chiefs wide receiver core because as long as Kelsey is somewhat of a Kelsey, this Chiefs team is going to be hard to stop. He had a couple of big drops. Yeah, which is crazy. It's like, I don't think he's going to be doing that. Like in no. normal weather, so to add those couple of drops, take away those couple of drops, and you've had a big game. Um, yeah, I think these Chiefs, I think they could be back, uh, but that could be a top, uh, topic for later when we preview um, the Chiefs next game. But definitely, definitely uh, impressive performance if you ask me for the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I didn't really. I knew they were going to win this game, but I didn't have like you know high hopes on how they would look. Yeah, I thought it would be like a dirty performance. Pacheco dominates, and their offense still looks clunky. But Mahomes looked back. Yeah, Mahomes. I don't know if it's just the playoffs gets him like in his gear, but he was he was going. Yeah. All right. Tua was twenty of thirty nine for one hundred ninety nine yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Not abysmal numbers, but all things considered, I'm saying terrible. Um. I'm gonna be nice to him here. Oh, stop! He's he's from Hawaii. He's, <laughs> oh, he yeah, lives in but, Miami. Yeah, but we're not judging based on uh, based on history here. The guy threw one deep ball to Tyreek, and if you take that away, he had like the worst stat line you'd ever see. How long was that touch? Fifty-three yard touchdown. About that. Ah, uh, fine. I'm not gonna argue <laughs> for Tua of all people. Uh, Mahomes is 23 of 41 for 262, a touchdown of no picks. I would just say good. Like, he was just good. Even though uh, he doesn't have a ton of touchdowns. I just thought, like, everything considered, he was pretty good. I want to say average. And I'm a Mahomes guy. You are a Mahomes guy. But, fine. We'll put him right out. Like, he had, like, an 83 rating. Like, he threw the ball for I was just impressed. More so, I no, test. definitely impressed. Than, like, I, the no, the eye test is good, but, like, yeah. the stats aren't there. That's fine. We'll go with average. The rankings don't matter anymore. They've been they've been proven. Uh... This is like this is like the first time we've done yeah. that all year. Uh, there's no there's no history anymore on these rankings this year, so they're very arbitrary. But we'll go average. Um. All right. The the surprise of the weekend came in the four o'clock game on Sunday. Uh, one I'm sure you're very happy about. Green Bay forty eight, Dallas thirty two, and absolute just. They destroyed them. They kicked the shit out of them on all three fronts of football, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, everything you can imagine. Jordan Love was absolutely awesome. He was just about perfect. I think he had a perfect pass rating too, if not very close. Aaron Jones couldn't be stopped. I just don't – I mean, I just don't get it. I don't know. I I knew Dallas wasn't, like, that good. I don't think we predicted them to be, like – uh, like a crazy Super Bowl contender, but even with their playoff issues in the past, I couldn't even thought this was coming, and I don't think you were in the same boat. I I predicted them to win the game because of how well they've played at home. I think this is their first loss at home all year. They, what, they were the only team to lose at home this week, yeah. And they were throwing yeah. up like 40 points basically per game this all season. I, I, can't, I couldn't believe what was happening. I was loving it, but it just made no sense to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with the Packers. And just talk about how impressive they were. I mean, Lafleur and I don't know who their coordinators are, but they just came out with just an incredible game plan on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. It looked like, I mean, Romeo Dobbs and some of the other guys were just as open as I've ever seen open players before. Um, Aaron Jones was just down on the ground. The Cowboys linebackers just couldn't find a way to get to him. And again, I can't stress this enough. I don't know how good Jordan Love is. But he definitely has some sort of it factor or something because what he was able to do in this game was extremely impressive. I was really impressed. I, I was never a Jordan Love believer. I thought he was fraudulent up until this streak that he's been on for the last half of the year. It's crazy. Like his stats over the last eight games were insane. He had eighteen touchdowns to just one interception. And, and it's just going like eye test. Like it's pretty. Like he, he does Mahomes stuff. He looks confident. He's a little Mahomes. He, he, he throws. All right, shut up. <laughs> he, he throws like a, a beautiful deep ball 
And it, it just, I love it because it just all came to fruition against Dallas. And he he took the, the, the streak that he was running on. And I thought, you know, at home, Dallas was going to stop it. No, he, he said, fuck that. And he just throws up 48 points. Are you kidding me? And, I mean, Dallas was dead in, like, the first quarter. Like, it was over. It was, they scored with, like, two seconds left in the first half to, to cut the lead. Or their deficit from twenty-seven nothing to twenty-seven seven. <laughs> yeah, like this game was over by halftime. There's no way our buddy Daniel listened to this podcast because I think the last thing he wants to listen to is anything about football right now. But like he was, I mean, it was just over. Like he, you went into like the second half of the second quarter, and I was like, God, wow, this game is over. This we won what twelve games all year, fought for the two seed, and this is just how it ends. It was absolutely pathetic on Dallas's end. All the credit in the world to Green Bay. We gave them their props. The coaching, Jordan Love, every every skill position player. The defense was awesome. Um, I feel like the the big question of the day on Dallas's side was, who do you blame? Do you blame Dak or do you blame the defense right off the bat? There, you could go both ways, and I'll get, I'll save my opinion, but I'll let you go first. Uh, I I think it's kind of a mixture of both. Dak didn't show up until the game was over, like. He threw up three touchdowns, all garbage time. Like they, when it came time for them to punch back after Green Bay went down and had a quick touchdown, they did nothing with it. He threw two interceptions. Like he, he deserves a lot of the blame. But at the same time, their defense couldn't stop anything. Like they, they had 48 thrown up on them. Like that, I think one of them was a pick six, but like they had over 40 points put up on them, which like is absurd. So like, I don't know. I, Dak puts up the stats every year. Don't get me wrong. He's a good quarterback. But come playoffs, like, he, he chokes. So I, I think this is part of – I would blame him more so because he's the most constant thing that hasn't shown up in the playoffs each year. Yeah, I'm on the full – I mean, the Dallas defense wasn't good at all. I don't know if uh, the old Falcons coach is there. Uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is their defensive coordinator. I don't know if he didn't have him prepared or what the hell happened there. But it definitely wasn't good. But there were signs of this Dallas defense not being, like, very, very elite. Like, even at home towards the end of the year, like, they had that game um, against the Seattle Seahawks, who, like, aren't that good, um, where, let's see, they were they won 41-35 in a shootout. Like, it was, uh, it was games like that. Like, uh, obviously, they blew out, like, the Giants and the these other shitty teams. Right. But... Uh, you know, they should have lost to Detroit at home. Obviously, we talked about that last pod oh, yeah. uh, towards the end of the year. Like, there were signs of it. It was just they won these games, so you never really took it too serious. Um, you know, they had some issues. Like, there's the Michael Parsons. Like, he doesn't get any call- holding calls, whatever. Like, you know, defense wasn't good. I fully have this game on Dak. Yeah, the Green Bay came out right off the bat, scored seven. I get it. Not a good position to put your offense in. But then immediately they they go, I don't think it was three and out, but they punted pretty quickly on the next drive. Then the Dallas defense forced a punt. So Dak had two two chances here to kind of right the ship, even up the score. And what happened on that second drive? He threw an absolutely abysmal pick. Absolutely abysmal. And Jair Alexander made a great play on the ball, don't get me wrong. But Green Bay, I think they got they took over at like their own uh at Dallas's twenty off that pick and immediately scored a touchdown and going down 14, nothing, which wasn't good. Um, and then following that up, I think, right. I don't know when it was before the half, but the pick six he threw was absolutely terrible. And when I say we were sitting in Dan's apartment watching when that happened, everyone's jaw dropped. No one said a thing. And everyone's jaw was just wide open. They could not believe what we just saw. It was so bad. And this is a bad green Bay defense. They're not good. They came in with a great game plan. But I think Dak is the reason that this game went to complete shit. It was definitely not good from the defense, but these are the games where Dak, they had the number one offense all year. They're at home. He needs to take over. He needs to lead them in this game, and he did not set an example, and I think it's solely on him, honestly. You know, when you put it that way, I'm looking right now at the play-by-play, and you kind of went through the first few drives where they got up 14 nothing. I'm looking at it here. Uh, they, they forced a punt. And then Green Bay went down, scored, and then missed the extra point to make it 20 nothing. And then on that next drive, 
They get past the midfield. They're on the Green Bay's 40. Dak threw a pick six to make it 27-0. So without Dak's turnovers in that first half, take away those points for the turnovers, that's only 13 points. 13-0 at the half, or if they count the seven that Dallas scored, that's like still a game. Yeah. But Dak throwing those picks gave them, well, you know, 14 extra points, 27-7 at the half. That's yeah, and you know, basically with, over. in that situation, all the thoughts creep in to all the players. They're like, man, not again. You get in the normal heads. Yeah, and then it's like, is Dak's like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, I'm not the guy. Like, he had the yips. Everyone's not believing in Dak at that point. CD wasn't good in this game, especially to start. Like, yeah, his stats at the end were fine because of all the garbage time. And same with Dak. He had fucking 60 passing attempts by the end and 400 passing yards. But, like, I mean, he was awful. Don't let the garbage time stats deceive you. CD was dropping balls. Their timing was off. It was a mess. I just chalk it up to a really, really shitty performance from Dak when you needed him most, which just sounds like a theme at this point for his career. He hasn't really been able to show up. And the coaching staff not having the team prepared. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's just astounding that they were found a way to lose this game. And, you know, debatably, we'll have this talk, but wasn't the worst NFC East loss of the weekend. I don't know what you chalk up as worse. Um, but it was very, very bad from Dallas's front. But, again, I don't think anyone's sad. I think everyone likes Green Bay, for the most part, who's not a Dallas fan and was excited to see them. No, kind one's, of shit, no one's sad. On and yeah. then Dallas fans are just mad. Yeah, yeah. It's it was an all around interesting uh game, that's for sure. But happy for Green Bay, happy for those guys. They got a tough task going up into San Francisco to take on the Niners. Um Jordan Love was sixteen of twenty one for two seventy two, three touchdowns, no picks. Pretty great if you ask me. Great. Uh Dak was I don't care what the stats say. Terrible. terrible. Yeah, I'm just, I don't care. I'm not even gonna read the stats. It's all garbage time yeah. anything good that happened. And then the game of the weekend came on Sunday night. Detroit just barely edged out the Rams, 24-23. It was the Matt Stafford homecoming, the Jared Goff revenge game. So many storylines in this game. And it was an explosive first half, which turned into a defensive and gritty battle in the second half of the teams just trying to fight it out and win it. Um, My biggest takeaways in this game were just, one, how awesome Puka Nakua is. Like, I feel like... All year he was great, and you know he put up explosive rookie wide receiver numbers. But you figured by like this time, and I don't know if we talked about it in the pod last week or not, it would probably be like Cooper Cup's time to like was to take the reins as the Rams go to guy uh, on offense. But uh, Puka Nakua was, I think, I don't let's let's pull up the stats. Uh, I have it right here if you want. You know, nine nine catches, one hundred eighty one yards, and a touchdown was literally catching everything. Out of 10 targets. Yeah, too. it was crazy seeing him run wild on the field. Um, and Matt Stafford was very, very good in this game, too. Uh, but again, it just wasn't enough as Detroit comes away with a huge, huge win. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? Uh, Storyline aside, it was like just such a good game, like, you know, back and forth action. Like, it had like a very explosive first half offensively. And then in the second half, like, defenses stepped up. And you know, I think it was just a good testament on how gritty this Detroit team is, where, you know, teams come out punching, you know, really fast early on, and they 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 responded very well. They scored right back at them. Um, I was surprised that it ended up just being a final score of 24 to 23, because the way that, you know, they came out, I thought this was going to go well into the 30s for each team. Um, and also, I'm, I got to say, I want to give my kudos to Matt Stafford. That man played super fantastic. Like he put up so like such good stats and like kept his team in it to the end. And he got his ass beat. And you know, I don't I don't like saying like saying anything about the refs or whatever, but I think this is probably one of the worst ref games we'd seen all weekend, maybe because it was only close games, so people were paying more attention. But yeah, I thought the Rams got a hose on a few calls, especially where Matt, the one where Matt Stafford literally got killed and like pretty much concussed. I don't know how he came back into the game after this, um, which was clearly a roughing the passer. And then there were some plays on Puka and uh, late hits and pass interferences that didn't get called on big drives. Um, and yet again, he was right there in the end. Like Stafford fought through it um, and just put up monster, monster stats. Now there were two uh, crucial plays, I want to say, uh, in this game, one on each side that I wanted your opinion on. One was 
Uh, it was the fourth and 14 for the Rams with like four minutes left. McVay had already burned two timeouts, which we were saying at the time was insane. I feel like you just got to be a little more careful with your timeouts in a close game like that. Uh, maybe five yards in the third quarter isn't so important when you're trailing in a playoff football game. You might need those timeouts. Um, what would you have done in that situation when you have Stafford, you have Puka Nakua going wild? I feel like you have to go for it or just something else. I don't know what you, I don't know. I just feel like you can't punt knowing you don't have timeouts and sending the ball back to a very, very eager Lions team. Where on the field were they? Do you know? 45, it would have been like a 60-yard field goal. I would have gone for it. Yeah. You have Cooper Cup, who really didn't do much in the game. He only had like 27 yards. But you have great weapons. Like 2-2 Aval even played well. You, you got to go for it there, especially like Detroit. Like they have so much to fight for. Like just how, just how they did in that final drive. They were aggressive. They were going for that first down to ice the game um, on like third and nine, I think it was. Um, you, you got to take a shot. You got to try. Do you want to be, you want to put the game in your own hands? Yeah. I just feel like punting there, you know, if you had three timeouts, maybe. Yeah. Cause then, then, then you, you have like them. three chances or so to stop them. But without the timeouts, you really only have one, one and a half chances to stop them before the clock runs out. It just didn't feel like it was smart game planning. Now, I saw something online. I feel like this would never be done. I don't know if you saw this, but I wanted your opinion on it. They said, all right, if you're, like, going to punt, like, you're definitely going to punt, what about not punting and literally taking, like, Kyron Williams or one of your running backs and just snapping the ball to them and running backwards all the way to the nine-yard line and going out of bounds? So what that does is it get, you're down one, so it gives the ball to the Lions at the nine-yard line. They can't get a first down. Oh. They can't get a first down. They have three minutes or four minutes on the clock. You have one timeout, the two-minute warning. You're getting the ball back with at least two minutes left. If you stop them, they kick a field goal, you're down four. If they score a touchdown, you're down eight. Dan Campbell could get crazy, go for it, go whatever. Um, but, like, it, I don't know. It's It would have been so, so crazy. I actually really like the theory that, like, if you're dead set about punting, maybe give it a shot. I'm just curious what you thought about that. I love that idea. <laughs> that actually, like... I don't think I, anyone would I ever was, do that. I though. was so curious as to why you said the nine-yard line, but then it's yeah. first and goal. They can't get a first down. That changes everything. As long as you don't draw a flag on defense. Right. And I, even then, though, I, you're most likely would still have time now. You that, know what I mean? That's going to change everything for me playing Madden now. <laughs> just do that and... Uh... Well, the, the key is you're down one, right? I feel like that's like one of the only scenarios where you'd ever do that because right. them scoring the touchdown, you're still technically in the game. Right. Like um, if they go for two, like. Yeah, then they could go send it to nine. But at that point, like, stop them and then you, you still have a chance, you know? Right. It's the same it's the same situation almost. You have a couple plays to stop them. Um, and then if oh, you. I love that. Yeah, so then, you know, it condenses the field too. You don't have the uh, the option, uh, like you're not worried about pass throw, whatever. There's a very very small field. I liked it. I definitely liked it. I just if there was a coach that had the balls to do it, maybe it was McVay. But I don't think this is the best McVay game. I think McVay, like I said, those timeouts burned, sucked. Um, I think they, I think the Rams kind of had this one and blew it more so than the the Lions went and took it. That being said, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the Dan Campbell. Sack on Dan Campbell throwing that ball on like second and five or whatever it was with like two minutes left, throwing that ball to Amon Ra to get the first down. Obviously, in hindsight, a great call because he got it. But what were you thinking in the time? I I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and they, that's Dan Campbell, right? <laughs> there was one timeout left. I think it was second and nine. Or th- I, I think it was second and nine. I'm like, you run the ball. They call timeout. You run it again. If you get the first down, great. The game's over. If not, you burn the clock as much as you can. It would have gone down to like forty seconds, I think, or something like we're something like not a lot of time at all. But when he threw it, I was like, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> if that's incomplete, that changes everything. Yeah, that, then the Rams get the ball with like a minute and a half plus left, only needing a field goal. Exactly. Like just and to win the game too, not even tie it. Yeah. So I, I mean, at the time, I thought it was a questionable call, but you know. In hindsight, twenty twenty, it worked out for him perfectly. And I feel like that's just the moral of this Detroit Lions season and Dan Campbell in general. They're just not afraid to take the risk. They're so ballsy, and I respect that about them. Um, it's almost like to a fault, but like 
I don't know. I, I've said this many times. I feel like if you're going to coach like that, you just have to coach like that. Like, just always be taking risks. Always be willing to do that. Just be consistent. Just be consistent with it, which goes back to Brandon Staley and why I originally liked Brandon Staley and now hated him because he originally was cool and would go for it on every play. It was like, oh, look at that. But then he turned wishy-washy and then it turned into like him being actually ultra-conservative somehow. I don't know how he flipped so bad. Uh, but Dan Campbell will always, always, always be ultra-aggressive and this Lions team embraces it and it's awesome. And overall, the last thought about this game was just how awesome, uh, you know, seeing some of these Detroit fan celebrations and the people crying and even just like Jared Goff and how good I felt for them. You know, the Rams had their moment. They had the Super Bowl. Stafford won. They, this was house money for them. They didn't really care. I felt so good for like Detroit. It just felt awesome. I think this is going to go down as one of the most even trades in history. Like this, the Rams got their, their Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal. But now it's paying off for the Lions because like they're, they're having success. Goff is only like twenty eight or twenty nine years old. Like it, it's just gonna work out long term. Like you know, they have him for another at least seven eight years as well as, as long as he plays well. Yeah. What are your thoughts before we move on? What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on when Stafford came out? They boo him. You know, it, it's tough. It's like because I was thinking similar things. It's like, what if Flacco comes back? Do you boo? Do you cheer? What do you do? Um, I'm okay with it. I think you know. Everyone knows that Stafford has the love and admiration of Lions fans. Like it, but this is war. This is business. This is a playoff game. Right. If it's a regular season game, I don't think this happens. But right. I think Detroit was all business. They couldn't be soft in this moment. They had to just be like they had to let them know you're the enemy. Like you're getting right. booed. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Like if it was a regular season game, they probably would have had some sort of like thank, video, thank you yeah. Matthew Stafford video playing. But like you know, like you said, like it's. It's business. It's playoffs. Like yeah. you are the enemy, and like after the game, like everyone, yeah, they're all the yeah, Detroit exactly. fans kind of flipped back, and they were like, "Yeah, like he's our guy. Like, exactly. We love him for what he did." For and that's us. exactly kind of what the mode I would have been in for Flacco. It's like you're dead to me in the next three hours. Like you, right? I want your leg snapped, not like actually, <laughs> but like, like that's you are the enemy, and I don't care what you've done for me. But then after, if we beat you, great, love you, man. Yeah. Sorry. But then I, th- I don't know if the sentiment's the same if Stafford beats them. I feel like then there might be some sour taste. And it's like, oh, fuck this guy. But, but since the Detroit won, they could be like, oh, yeah, it's if, a game, Matthew. If Stafford beat them, it's yeah. like you do nothing. You yeah. we you don't win anything for us. You yeah. go win a Super Bowl with someone else, and then you come and you beat us. Yeah, like, I can see that sentiment changing. All right. Uh, Goff was 22 of 27, an impressive completion percentage for 277 yards and a touchdown. Um I mean, between good or great, obviously the stats aren't great, but maybe the situation and the win give him a boost. What do you think? Um, I wish I could, I could go like in between. Good yeah, and great. <laughs> just like special, <laughs> just special uh, because of the storyline and because of the at that that ballsy call Campbell had got put a perfect ball in. I'll say great, great, great. All right, I I was I was hoping you would do that because I wanted to too, but it just I didn't know if it felt right. But I'm going great. Uh, Stafford was 25 of 36. For 367 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. Um, also hard to like not give him great, but the fact that they did lose makes it a little bit different. Do you have any difference of thought on that? I want to give him great because of that situation we just spoke about. And how tough it was. Punting at the yeah. end. like That's not his call. Yeah. I'm sure he wanted to go for it. He never got the ball back to like give them a chance to win it. Um, so like, And he did everything he was asked to do. Uh, I don't think he had any turnovers at all. Like no picks, obviously. But I don't think he fumbled the ball. Um, so I'm I'm still down to give him great, uh, but I'd be very okay with good since he lost. Let's do great. Two great performances for the game of the week. Let's just do it. All right. Our moving into Monday now. We had two games on Monday due to the weather in Buffalo. Um, I really don't want to spend more than like two minutes on the Buffalo Steelers game because. The Steelers suck. This is a waste of time. They shouldn't have been in the playoffs. Mason Rudolph was the quarterback. And I genuinely don't know if I have anything to say about any one of their players. Do you? No. Okay. I, I have one question to ask about Josh Allen. That's all I have. About okay. Yeah, I guess I guess the only interesting storyline to come from this is what happens uh, with Mike Tomlin's future. He had that uh, press conference walk away when people asked him if he's going to be returning next year with his last year. Um, and then it's like, who's going to be the quarterback in Pittsburgh next year. But, like, who cares? They're all bad. So I really don't want to have, like, a conversation about that. I genuinely don't care. I'm just 
interested in Mike Tomlin if he gets fired or not because he's a great coach and I would love if he got fired because I don't like him in Pittsburgh. If so. I'm the Steelers, I keep Tomlin. I look for a new QB any way possible because Kenny Pickett sucks. Yeah. And that being said, like, you know, they weren't like in this game, but like they're kind of in was, this it game. It was respectable. Like, it was like fair. And I don't know if that says more about Tomlin and the Steelers and how uh, how they were like uh, a cockroach all year. Or it says more about Buffalo and how eh they are. Um, so on Buffalo side of the ball, I mean, Josh Allen was very, very good. Um, he had that awesome run, uh, which was a little bit of a topic of conversation these past couple of days, I feel like. That's uh, my question. Oh, yeah. Hit me then. Um, do you think it was a fake slide? Yeah. I mean, that was what I was going to kind of bring up. It's, I don't. I think it was. I think in his head – whether or not he meant to like fake slide, I think he was definitely thinking about sliding, slowed down, and I was like, oh shit, there's a lane wide open right there, and changed his mind. I don't think he was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him with this type of thing. But what's the difference at that point? You know, it's right. still kind of fucked up and illegal because these defenders are already in horrible positions, and you saw them literally like stop and like slow down because they're gonna get flagged if they hit him, and then he took off, and I. I don't like it. I generally don't like it. I feel like if a quarterback slows down, they should automatically just be like, I don't know. I, I don't know what you, you this, do about it. But This happened a couple of years ago in college, and I think it was Kenny Pickett. It was Pickett, yeah. Um, That's where, where it got outlawed after he, that. Yeah, it got outlawed. But nothing like that exists in the NFL, so like this is going to open up a big can of worms, I think, where like they're going to potentially, even if this wasn't that, they're going to outlaw it anyway, I think. I think it already is outlawed. Is it? I think so. It could be completely. I mean, wrong. I'd be, I'd be kind of shocked if it wasn't already outlawed because, like, that's like cheap, especially with all these yeah. rules now to protect the quarterback. Well, and then you see some issues too, where like this isn't a fake slide, but it's like I see Mahomes do it a lot, and uh, Lamar like never does it. Lamar's like very, very over safe, but I've seen Mahomes do it, and some other quarterbacks where like they're like going running out of bounds, and then like right before they get out of bounds, they like just like hop up like five, four or five yards. Because everyone's like stopping, so they don't hit him late out of bounds, and then they just like scoot up the sideline a little bit, which I also think is kind of bullshit. It's like I, I feel like if you're running out of bounds, you should have to run out of bounds. It's like the same kind of thought and idea. It's just what are you supposed to do when you get flagged for hitting these quarterbacks? Right. Even if it's not a big hit, like any somewhat contact, contact yeah, just counts as a flag. And so like them, you know, taking advantage of like you know the protection they have is kind of bullshit. Smart though, with bullshit. Yeah, it's smart. I mean, until it's outlawed or ruled against, I would take advantage of it if I was these quarterbacks. It's just really tough. Um, did you get to watch a lot of this game? Um, I was like kind of falling asleep in and out. I'm gonna be honest. This was the one game where I watched the least of two. I was kind of working for a majority of it before I got back from work. I did watch a replay of it somewhat. Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I wasn't really wowed on of anything but on Buffalo's end. Like I said, Josh Allen had a great game. Uh, the running and passing, he was all over the place. Um, but I was kind of looking for more of, like, a Diggs involvement, and I still don't really understand what's happening with the Diggs thing. Uh, he had seven catches, but, like, just really wasn't explosive at all. Right, they're targeting him, but they're not yeah, giving him the just, explosive play. He I, hasn't had 100 yards since... Week six. I worry about like their offense going up against a team like the Chiefs, where it could be a shootout, or the Chiefs also have a good defense. It's like they're going to need him to step up. Um, I didn't see much in this game that was like, oh wow, they're like they're like AFC favorites. Like I don't, I don't know. I just wasn't wowed. No, yeah, I definitely don't think they should be like considered favorites. Like I, I think, like yeah, the game coming up, like I'm probably going to pick Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, that being said, Josh Allen in this game was 21 of 30 for 203 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and 74 rushing yards for a touchdown. So four total touchdowns, 275 yards. It has to be great, even though you know yeah. it wasn't loud. Like yeah, that's great. Uh, Rudolph was 22 of 39 for 229, two touchdowns, and a pick. Bad? Like, I don't think he was terrible. I think it could be our first bad. Yeah, definitely not terrible. I'd say bad. Yeah. All right, one final game on Monday night. Uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely kicking the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I but, called this Yeah, one. this is one you very much expected. This is one where, like, I, like, kind of expected so much that I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Yeah. 
to the, the degree that we got. Yeah, I just I felt like the Buccaneers were almost too easy. It was like the Eagles were so damn bad that they like had to figure it out a little bit. But no, they're just like an absolute train wreck. And like I would have to say one of the worst collapses in terms of how good they were, not only last year, obviously making the Super Bowl, but just at, I think they were ten and one and ever since then just absolutely abysmal. And I've never seen like a team just look so lost after looking so good. It was absolutely just mind-boggling how this team collapsed. And it was, like, like just bad. Like, the whole game, I think it was 9-16 at one point, and you're like, oh, maybe they can, like, unlock something. But ever since that safety in the third quarter, the Bucks just absolutely took over, and the Eagles just, they were just a complete disaster. And even the tush-push didn't work, and that's when I kind of felt like the season was cooked for them. I mean, yeah, the the touch push not working was like maybe my like greatest <laughs> moment of my life. That was because, fantastic because like that's like Jalen Hurts' whole career the like the last two years like was just touch push and like them being able to stop them and just like crushing them like Baker Mayfield destroying that defense. The defense is a bit suspect all year. Is there defensive coordinator Matt Patricia? <laughs> I I like. I don't know if he's like officially titled their defensive coordinator, but I think he's a big deal on their defense. I think he calls the defensive yeah. plays. Now, I don't know but... if he's officially the coordinator. Right. But like I think he started calling the plays the second they started to go downhill. <laughs> and which like only got worse. would be yeah. hilarious if that's actually true. I, I can't. Yeah, I think it. they lost like a game or two and they're like, let's try this. And then they never won again. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that one game against the Giants. I, I low key think that they should consider, you know, Sirianni's job. Because Sirianni, like, I don't know, something about him. I I don't like him personally, but like, even coaching wise, like, how do you fumble that? No, you're, it you're, was really bad. You're 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 ten and one, and you finish eleven and six, and you lose the division, and now they have to play that game on the road like that. I don't think they should fire him over it, but like, he should be on the hot seat. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Uh, some are calling him a coordinator merchant, though, and just the fact that. That's a good point, too. Uh, I mean, uh, fuck, I always butcher these guys' names. Steichen? Steichen is the Colts coach. I mean, saw what he did with Minshew and Anthony Richardson before he got hurt this year. He's clearly, like, really, really good. Like, oh, a coach. Like, he knows what he's doing, and he definitely had an impact on this Eagles offense, for sure. 100%. Jonathan Gannon for the Cardinals, you know, they weren't good, but there were some signs there. They weren't completely atrocious, and Considering how things started without Kyler, you definitely saw them take strides and their defense wasn't awful. Um, I still don't know if I'm a believer in that guy, but anybody, me, is better than Matt Patricia. So Matt Patricia has just taken every program he's been on since he left the Patriots. Yeah. Even the Patriots, he took them down <laughs> when they made him the offensive coordinator for some reason. Yeah, so I think that hurt. Um, that being said... There's really not much else to say on the Eagles side where, you know, things just – they just didn't – they looked completely lost. A.J. Brown didn't play and Julio Jones, which is crazy that I'm saying that this matters, but he got hurt in, like, the first quarter after having three quick catches. And, you know, Devontae Smith, I think he was the only Eagle who decided to show up. He was awesome. He did all he could. But Hurts was bad. Hurts looked lost pretty much the last eight weeks of the season. Um, my question to you before we talk a little bit about the Bucks. Uh, we had this conversation about Dak Prescott a little bit. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts at all? Um, just being a merchant of the tush push and yes. like, is he actually good? I think he's fine. Like, he's not bad. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's like a top ten QB. Um, because the tush push is just his whole <laughs> thing. Like, he he ran for fifteen touchdowns, which I think is like the record, or tie, he tied with Josh Allen this year. So. They either tied the record or broke the record. But, you know, it's nine, probably like, you know, eight or nine of those were tush pushes, touchdowns. Like, I I just think it's fraudulent, his, like, success. Yeah, I I definitely think I agree with you. I think he's still okay. I don't think it's, like, I think it's somewhere in between, like, Dak and Tua. Whereas Tua, Tua there's, like, serious issues. Like, they got to figure it out. I don't think it's time to move on yet, but there's issues there. Dak, I think, is the complete – I just think he's a complete and utter disaster in the playoffs. And there's yips and something's got to figure it out. But I think, in general, he's a solid quarterback. I mean, you can't ignore the regular season numbers. 
yeah, the, there's players, there's precedent like this, whether it's James Harden in the NBA or whoever you want to compare him to, where there's just really good regular season players and they just fumble the bag in the postseason year after year and haven't figured it out yet. I think that's kind of where Dak is right now in his career. Whereas Jalen Hurts, I think, is in the middle. Just, I just think he's okay. I just don't think he is a great quarterback. I think he has a skill set to be okay. I think the Stoiken made him a good, good, like ran a really good offense for him last year. Um, but I think right now you can't say he's, he's maybe like a borderline top 15, top 10 at the very highest quarterback. I don't think you can go higher than that. Oh, absolutely agreed. All right, and then I guess we got to give some props to Tampa Bay. I genuinely don't know how much this is more of just the Eagles being really bad or Tampa being actually good, considering the fact that Tampa looked awful for the majority of the year. But there's no denying how awesome Baker looked and how good of a story that was. Um, it's not like Mike Evans helped them out in this game. Chris Godwin, Godwin wasn't really doing anything. It was no-name receivers who were just all over the place for him. Kate Otten, did you? Kate Otten was there. Uh God, who who are these other guys? Uh, Trey, D. Moore, Trey Palmer had a touchdown. D. Moore, like I don't know who these people are. D. Moore, but you know, I think it was Baker was just awesome. People doubted him, and he came in hungry and just torched that shitty Eagles defense. And I give him props for that. I don't know if this uh, means anything. I'm not really expecting much from the Bucks moving forward. I think it says a little bit more about how bad the Eagles are than the Bucks being good. But still, props to Baker. It was an awesome performance. Oh, definitely props to Baker. Um, I, he played a great game. Like he's a big reason why they won. But I also do want to say on one of those touchdowns, uh, I think it was the one that Godwin caught. Like Baker just threw Trucked the ball it up. up, yeah. And like no one, saw, like somehow nobody was even remotely close to Chris Godwin. Like Chris Godwin could have stood there for twenty yeah. minutes and not been guarded. Um, there's a lot of plays like that too. There's just like he down there somewhere. I think he literally, there's a video of him literally saying yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. That was funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, not only good for him. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I have a little bit of a soft spot for Todd Bowles too. I think he gets a bad, bad, uh, just gets a bad deal of it uh, throughout his career. I mean, he had these shit, shit Jets teams that he was a coach of. Um, and I don't know. I just feel bad for the guy. I feel like it was a good win for him. Uh, for his legacy. I don't know if that matters to anybody but me or you, but I don't know. I just like top bowls. I have no opinion. <laughs> All right. D don't ask my dad about him. Yeah, I just well, that's the thing. I think people just hate him. But it's like, I don't know if he necessarily deserves it. And I feel like him getting a playoff win was kind of cool, but I don't know. I actually really care that much. All right. Before we move into talking quickly about the upcoming AFC divisional round or NFL divisional round, I do want to talk quickly about. Uh, Two guys who, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words. Should, in my opinion, should absolutely be jobless right now, um, and they're not. Um, the first you touched on, we already talked uh, about Sirianni about how you you think he should be on the hot seat. I absolutely think a guy like that should be fired after a performance like this. I get it, like making the Super Bowl probably buys you uh, some time, uh, but in terms of just leadership and you know, owning a locker room and not losing the players. I don't know how this team is going to come back next year as like a cohesive unit with him as their coach after what just happened. Um, I see it all the time. I'm going to compare both of these guys to what the Yankees are doing with Aaron Boone. It's one of the worst mistakes you can make, just being content in leadership and just being happy with mediocrity. And that's what both them and the Cowboys are doing right now. Uh, we'll start with Sirianni because you kind of already talked about it. Um, how happy are you that uh, Sirianni is going to be coaching the Eagles next year. That's that's how you'll know because you're a Giants fan. I'm low key pretty happy about it. I think all the success that that team has had goes to uh, their GM Howie Roseman because he built such a good roster. Um, but yeah, Sirianni, like I'm surprised he wasn't fired. But at the same time, I'm not because I of, think it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, it if, bought, if buys if you a little the time. Super Bowl last year, I could definitely see him already being fired now. Um, but you you mentioned this. He he is. In my opinion, a coordinator merchant. Yeah, <laughs> like without them, I like that without term. them, like he's had really, you know, no no success. And he's just like a loser. Like, oh, he's so. Unlikable. We've seen the videos and like him going on to the Super Bowl, kind of like you're like, okay, like it works, so whatever. But like now, some of those videos with like Jalen Hurts being like, dude, stop. But like, like it looks so much worse in hindsight, and I feel like it just like should not be your leader, especially after things fall apart the way they did. 
Oh, yeah. Did you ever see the video? It was earlier this season. I think they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. And after he, he's so he's walking out of like the field area through the tunnel and he waits till he's in the tunnel to start yelling and heckling against the Chiefs fans. Yeah. He's like, I don't hear you talking shit now, Chiefs fans. <laughs> See ya. Like, all right, dork. He's such, he's literally that's his perfect word. He's just a dork. And I don't think you could I don't think you win a Super Bowl the dork is your head coach. Like, <laughs> no, not at all. Maybe the like maybe the Dolphins, but like I don't even think but he's like, like a dick. smart. He's dork. like a cool dork. Like he's, I want to be his a, friend. He's yeah. actually like a good football. Monitor. Yeah, I don't want to be Nick Sirianni's friend. I don't think anybody wants to be his friend, and I don't think he should be coaching a football team. And again, I'll ask this question about you for, uh, uh, again about the Dallas coach moving on a little bit later. But the fact that you're happy that he's still the coach says enough. Like you, the fact that he's not fired and division rivals are really really happy about it shows that he should be fired alone. Like that's just he's not threatening, and he's. Puts his team in a worse position to win. So that's that. And the same, I think arguably even worse, is the fact that Mike McCarthy has been, like, endorsed and is not being fired by the Cowboys. Like, are you kidding me? That's so Are you kidding me? Sirianni, he made the damn Super Bowl. So, okay, buys him a year, whatever. What, Mike McCarthy wins 12 games in the regular season and his job is safe? He is a shit coach. Year after year he chokes. He did it. In Green Bay, many many times he had the one Super Bowl, which I guess has bought him ten years of his career at this point. Because I don't think he's a good coach at all, and it's an absolute joke that he got endorsed and hasn't been joked, uh, hasn't been fired. What is your thoughts as a Giants fan on the fact that he has not been fired? Yes, <laughs> exactly. It, it's 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 crazy. I don't get it. I I there was a video of Jerry Jones after the game. He's like, I know who the blame should go for, and it's very clear to me. I thought that was him saying that was. Immediately, he was going to walk up to Mike McCarthy and say, "Pack your shit, you're leaving." Yeah. So, what? Did, who did he mean by that? That's the bigger <laughs> question. Because exactly. Dak's their quarterback, so who who's to blame? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I could understand like if they want to give him another shot, but you know, that, I don't. That's something <laughs> like you do. Like, this should have been his shot this year. Like, they they had to come back to take the division away from the the crumbling Eagles. Like you got to at least win a playoff game, especially against the seven seed. And as a and, and to let them just come in favorite, and, and fucking yeah. like destroy you in your own stadium, unprepared, undisciplined, weren't ready for this game. And okay, if you make it to the NFC Championship, lose to the Niners again. The Niners are great. Happens. Good season. All right, we'll build we'll the team up a little bit more. But like this we'll was an absolute pathetic joke, and the fact that he still uh, is their head coach. I don't know why I'm so angry because I also think it's really funny. But it's just so so stupid. And it's like what is, uh the the theme of this to me, I wanted to talk about the Cowboys first before I went into it, because it applies to both the Eagles and the Cowboys. This is a historic coaching class of free agency, uh Jim Harbaugh coming up, a lot of young coordinators. Pete this, Carroll. This is the time Belichick. to hire a coach. This is the exact time. And Bill Belichick would have been perfect for either one of those teams. And now you have him probably going like the Falcons or somewhere stupid because Two great spots for him aren't firing their idiot head coaches. Yeah. Which, like, for me as a giant. For you, is great. I'm, I'm yeah. So happy. For me, I don't give a I'm shit. Just, it's just I, I, it's a mind boggling. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you it's doing? It's mind boggling, man. And I don't care. I just had to get some of those thoughts out because it's just those those organizations are so goddamn stupid. Even, even Dan's, so like, not happy about it. Yeah. It's horrible. I mean, that was, he was pulling a me. This was what, when the Yankees were, like, swept by Boston a couple of years ago. And when we get swept by Houston, I'm like, okay. Our organization's a joke, but at least we're going to fucking fire somebody now. And we didn't. And Dan was sitting there at halftime. It's like, all right, we're going to lose. But at least Mike McCarthy's gone. And he's not. It's so <laughs> funny. Like, it's like it's so bad. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but we'll use that as a turning point as we look ahead uh, to this week's divisional round. Uh, some good games, some eh games. Uh, the first game on the slate is probably the one we want to talk about the most, considering who you're podcasting with. Uh, the Ravens are hosting the Houston Texans. Um, I've already mentioned how I was scared of the Browns. I'm definitely scared of the Texans. Um, for some reason, I, I know it's nuts, but I feel like I'm scared, more scared of the Texans than I am of even the Chiefs and Bills. I really think that we match up well against those teams. But the Texans are just such an unknown at this point. C.J. Stroud is on a whole new level. I feel like I know what you're getting with the Chiefs and Bills. I feel like our team is prepared because we thought we could be playing these teams in the future. 
I don't think we ever thought we'd be playing the Texans again, especially after week one when CJ Stroud, you know, he didn't look good in week one, but it's a quarterback's first game of the year, and we did a pretty good job to shut him down. Um, I just worry with how explosive that offense has been and how little they have to lose um, about, you know, and then the rust factor with the Ravens, it worries me. Uh, but I'll let you go first and just letting you break down this game and what you think is going to happen. Um, so what I think is going to happen is CJ Stroud is not going to have a game like he had last week against the Browns. The Browns defense is really good. Your defense better. way better. And at home. I think that's going to be a huge that, factor that in this is, game. That's a good point. CJ Stroud got warmed up, had a home playoff game, but it's a whole different level now going on the road. And the Ravens, uh, it's actually nuts. The Ravens crowd this year has been one of the best crowds like we've ever had. There have been instances where like player, like I forgot what game it was, but uh, quarterbacks are like calling timeouts, like all three timeouts in the first half, like burning them because they can't hear shit. And I feel like that he just got to rattle CJ Stroud. Everyone's got to play a part, whether it's a fan, whether it's the coaching staffs, drawing up blitzes, confusing him, just confuse him. Oh yeah. You, you guys have been so good at taking top tier QBs and humbling them. CJ Stroud, not a top tier QB just yet. I'd say he's a tier two below that. You guys are, and what I think is going to happen, you guys are going to very much humble him early on. I think there's going to be like an early turnover or like, you know, a couple three and outs where he's going to be playing from behind and then there, he's going to be playing with extra pressure on him. And you guys all year have shown poise. Um, your defense is through like, you know, from whistle to whistle, just ruthless. And your offense, like Lamar Jackson, potential MVP, like he just, MVP. We'll see. Um, but he he just you know he never gets rattled. He's like tactical with the ball now. He he throws it. He doesn't just run outright. Like he'll he'll do his progressions and then he'll run it if he has to. And I I, I could see you guys winning this game like you know like thirty four to like twenty. Yeah, I like twenty is like high. Yeah, me. I talked about like how I'm again. It might sound crazy, but I genuinely feel this. I'm just a little more nervous playing this team than I would be the Bills or Chiefs. I just I, I don't know why. I just do feel that way. That being said, I'm still really, really confident we'll be okay. Um, I can see a scenario where the offense starts a little bit slow just because of not having played in two weeks. Um, but I, like you kind of mentioned, I truly believe. It, I truly believe in how good this defense is, um, and I just don't think CJ Stroud is going to be able to get a lot going early on. I think the defense comes out strong right away. We played them. Early on in week one, yeah, you could say it's a completely different Texans team, but that team also had Tank Dell. That team also had Noah Brown, a lot of guys who aren't playing this year or this week. Nico Collins needs to be stopped. If Nico Collins is stopped, they really don't have anything on offense that you need to worry about, and we have enough talent, whether you shadow them with Kyle Hamilton, you put uh, any of our cornerbacks, you double-team them. There's ways that you could just like limit him, and then that gives our linebackers and Roquan and Patrick Queen and our edge rushers just free reign to just go after CJ Stroud because if Nico Collins is covered, they don't really have much. And I'm not worried about Devin Singletary in the run game. We could be beaten in the run game a little bit. I don't think that's going to be much of an issue. I think the defense controls this game. I think it gives the the Ravens offense time to, you know, work out the kinks, uh, work out some of the early play calls. And I think Lamar Jackson in the end cooks and it turns into one of these games where the Ravens win by like 20. I, I, I feel pretty good about it. I do. Nervous. And you should. Slightly nervous, but... I mean, you, you know, playoff football, you never know exactly. what's going to happen. So you, you have to be a little nervous. If you're not, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, but I go if we win this game, the confidence is going to be through the roof. We're beating the Chiefs of the Bills. I, this this is the this is the nerve-wracking game. We got to get the nerves out. We got to gotta just come out hot, work out the rust, and then we'll be ready for the, the juggernauts to come. It's going to be a good one. I'm hoping so. Well, I'm hoping not, but <laughs> I'm hoping we beat them pretty easily. Start off the weekend good. I don't know if I'm gonna like watch football like the rest of the weekend if we lose. Like I don't. I'm gonna watch Green Bay, San Francisco. Like, are you kidding me? I don't care anymore. Uh, I'll watch the Chiefs Bills no matter what because that'd be fun. But that being said, Green Bay, San Francisco is the next game. Um, and I feel kind of similarly about this game as I do about the Ravens game. I mean, Green Bay, great story coming in off a very very impressive win. And I definitely think, you know, I feel the same way about uh, Green Bay as I did going into the Dallas game. And then I think 
their offense is good enough to kind of pass the ball and make a mark. But I just think the Niners are a different level. Um, I don't know uh, if the Packers will be able to keep up. I think it says a little bit more about how bad Dallas was and how ill-prepared they were um, than it was about how actually really good Green Bay is. And I think the Niners are actually prepared out of a bye. And I think they handle them. I think it would be close, but I think they handle them. I mean, yeah, I'd, like they're not going to pull like what the Cowboys did because they have Kyle Shanahan as their coach and not Mike McCarthy. Kyle Shanahan is fantastic. Their offense is so good with uh, Debo, with Welcome Back, CMC. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure Brock Purdy's won more playoff games than Dak Prescott in his career. Uh, they're tied with two. Tied, okay. Close enough. Yeah, and uh, his two were like actually good. On, like, <laughs> one of Dak's where he played like an old man Tom Brady. <laughs> um. But oh, yeah, yeah, I always forget about the uh, the Tom Brady game. It, like no one, I don't have. I didn't even watch that game. Yeah, like, it, there's nothing happened. Um, but yeah, like you know, I I think if Green Bay could you know ride off the you know streak that they're on with like just how well that they their offenses look, they, if they could limit Brock Purdy and the offense CMC, I don't think they will. But if they could somehow, it could be a close game. But I don't see any situation where they they come out of here with a win. No. Neither, and I still feel pretty good about them, uh, just about their defense and preparedness. Like you said, I don't see uh, ways where Jordan Love is going to have like these wide-open passes to throw to. Oh, uh, I, I, th- I think he'll be able to do good. I think he's just a good quarterback, so he'll make it, uh, make them work a bit, but I think the Niners will be pulled out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, on Sunday, we have uh, the Lions in Tampa Bay. Uh, this Bracket couldn't have worked out any better, in my opinion, for the Lions. Now getting to host another game and hosting Tampa Bay, the champions of the NFC South, who may or may not have beaten the worst team in the NFL last week. So my analysis is pretty simple. I think the Lions dog walk them here. I think Tampa Bay's run is over. Um, I think the Lions, you know, might be in a little bit of a letdown spot after such a high last week. Uh, But I think that only would have came into play if they were playing anybody else. I don't think Baker is good enough to just torch uh, a Lions defense that Matthew Stafford really wasn't able to torch in the second half. Stafford obviously played well, but I don't think Baker's going to be able to do that good. Um, and I ultimately have the Lions maybe winning this by like 14. I just think their offense is going to overpower the Bucks. Oh, yeah. I I think the final score for this game is the Lions are going to take it like 27 to like 13. Like, I don't think... Baker's going to struggle. I think he's definitely going to struggle. Um, Goff, like he's... The the Bucks defense isn't bad. Um, I could see this being a big like. I kind of tried to predict this with their game last week. I think it's gonna be a big Montgomery and Gibbs game. I could um, see that. Incorporate them into the offense a bit more. I think Amonra will still cook though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this game it's not gonna be like an exciting game like the Rams game, but it's still gonna be fun. Yeah. But, yeah, the Lions win. Yeah, I think I think ultimately the Lions find a way to win. This is probably the game I'm looking forward to the least in this weekend. I just like I just don't expect anything out of the Bucks. So we'll see. Maybe Baker can make it interesting, but I got the lines. I hope so, because I want to see good football. And then I mean, by far for me at least, the game of the weekend is the Bills Chiefs on Sunday night. And I don't know, something about whenever these teams match up, it's always electric. It's just so much fun. And, you know, the Bills for the first time are hosting the Chiefs. This will be, like you said, Mahomes' first road playoff game which I think throws a wrinkle into a lot of different things. It'll be interesting to see how he does on the road, and I'm really excited for it. Um, that being said, I know you mentioned earlier you were leaning towards the Chiefs. Is that kind of where your heart lies for this one? Um, I'm thinking about it now. I I think I might give the Bills the nod on this one. Wow. Because they're home. A big reason why the Chiefs um, do so well at home is like they have such good home field advantage because they have the loudest stadium in football. It, like statistically, like they they have the record for louder stadium, um, and you know they're gonna be away. It's gonna be. Uh, I was gonna say it's gonna be cold, but that's not gonna matter. It was so cold in Kansas City <laughs> last week. Um, but yeah, like Josh Allen, like he had such a good game last week, in which like you know it was really cold for the Chiefs. Mahomes like didn't have nearly as good of a game as Josh Allen did. Um, but I I, I don't know. I I go back and forth. Yeah, I mean for me. Part of me thinks that the Bills having home field advantage and like Mahomes could be rattled on his first road playoff game 
yada yada yada. But the part of me is just like trust my eyes and trust my football instincts. And you know, I said that kind of about the Eagles and Bucks last week, where it's just like, yeah, everything points towards the Bucks winning, but like something about my gut tells me uh, the Eagles are going to win, and it was completely, utterly, disgracefully wrong. Uh, but that being said, I just I feel similarly about the Chiefs this week, where you know, I think the Buck, uh, the Bills are a little bit of, like, everyone's like, oh, they've been playing playoff games now for six weeks. Um, every game to them has mattered. They finally earned their home field advantage. Uh, they beat Mahomes earlier this year. They have his number right now. And I just think, you know, when it come, push comes to shove, I just trust Patrick Mahomes way more than I do Josh Allen. And especially in the playoffs, the Chiefs' defense is better than the Bills' defense. I think that I think Pat Mahomes is just going to find a way to get it done. Whether or not that's because the refs rig it for him again, very possibly could be a, could be the reason. They and, do want Taylor Swift at that Super Bowl. And it's why I, uh, I struggle to pick against the Chiefs a lot because the refs do very much like them. Um, and I don't know if they necessarily want the Bills to win. That being said, I don't think that's really basis off my pick. I just trust the better quarterback in a game that I think could be really tight and really close. And I think the Chiefs find a way to pull it out uh, in a very close and fun game. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I say Bills right now, but overall, I still pick Chiefs. Especially <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm going off my bracket last week. Okay. Like, I'm sticking with my bracket, okay. even though I'm, I got one game. So that kind of leads me into my next question. Uh, each week, we'll go through it again. Uh, do you have any reason? I think you we both have the Ravens Niners in the Super Bowl. Am I correct? I know I did. I don't remember. Yeah. Do you have any reason or anything you want to change about that? No. From what you've seen in week one? No. All right. I mean, I'm the same way. I don't really foresee myself picking anything different unless something catastrophic happens. So I'll be in the same boat as well. Um, hoping hoping for that potential Super Bowl matchup for sure. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. We have our uh, divisional ranking or divisional round preview in the books. We recap Wild Card Weekend. Uh, AFC. Cha- uh, I keep saying AFC. The NFL Championship Weekend will be next week. We'll be back next week to preview that and recap all the action from the divisional round. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Follow us on @hoopfeenspod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to keep up to date with everything we got going out. And until then, we'll see you guys next time. Another episode of your favorite show.